Robinson, who's in the slot. Look in that direction on a slam. Huge hit. Ball picked off. The Volunteers of the Carroll make an interception. Jawan Mitchell. They call him Juju. The discrepancy. Schuster, they were going to take a shot, but he's hit by Nelson. And Nebraska has picked up the football. Their first takeaway of the game. Wells, way down the field. It is in the coverage. It is intercepted. It is over. Lamarian James has sealed the victory for Old Dominion. Welcome back to WIDP Grind. I'm Hollywood Titan. I'm joined by my co-host, Justice. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just trying to uh, stay warm. Yes, I think everybody, uh, at least in this general area, is. If you're like me, you got 11 inches of snow on the ground, or did have. The sun's kind of trying to take some of it away, but it's uh, been in the low digits uh, for the past week or so, so it's been pretty cold out there. Yeah, it's been like in the day, it's been in the 30s for us, but at night it gets down to the teens. But it's not super cold, but it's super cold for here. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it's supposed to warm up this week, so 50, 60, so that'll be good. But stay safe, stay warm. Um, it's just been a couple of weeks since we recorded, but, man, the news that's dropped in those couple of weeks, right? Two or three weeks that we uh, we were off. Um it's been insane. Um, oh. We've, uh, sorry, I had my page scrolled down, looking at the wrong note. Uh, before we get into that, though, I do want to say. The champ is here! I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming, man. <laughs> yeah, that's just never going to get old. That's just never going to get old for me or you, I don't believe. Of course, you won the uh, WIDP Grind um, Listener League campus side, and I won the Canton side. Um, I love it. I love it. It's awesome. We should just open every show with that. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> the other owners are, aren't happy that I traded you Jordan Love. And end the season there because you were you were without a quarterback. Your quarterback got hurt, right? Yeah, I, so I lost Joe Burrow, and I had a bunch of garbage. And it's not like I went out and traded for him right away. If I remember correctly, I played a couple weeks with hot played, garbage at quarterback. You probably played two, at least two, maybe three weeks without really anything at quarterback. Yeah. And you know, and I, I was had like, I had a dearth of quarterbacks. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, man, this team is too good to just kind of let fall off. But they weren't really no waiver wire options other than the garbage. And, uh, yeah, 
thank you because if you hadn't if we hadn't made that deal, I, there's no way I would have made it. No way, not with not with the quarterbacks I had. Rest of the team I would have been fine, but starting uh, quarterback was not on my side until that trade. So I guess I owe you. <laughs> I mean, it worked out for us both. You got Jordan Love, I got Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I needed a running back or receiver, and so I had a lot of quarterbacks in a one quarterback league. So it worked out. Yep. Um, speaking of championships, we saw number one Michigan win the uh, FBS championship over um, Washington. Oh, gosh. Over Washington. I, I don't know why I was wanting to say all that. We'll get to them in a minute. But, yeah, they won the championship over Washington. I kind of feel like if Washington – Washington started off bad in both halves, right? They started off a little slow to start the game. They kind of picked it up, had an opportunity to double down, ball before the half, ball coming out of the half, and turned it over right away to start the second half. And I thought that was a momentum killer for them. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, it was a decent game, I guess, right? But the, they, the Washington just couldn't really seem to get a whole lot going on offense. Uh, Dylan Johnson being hurt, I think, played a big part in that, right? Their star running back. Um, the big miss to was huge, too. Yeah, yes. Yep. So I think they had the momentum and just a couple of plays just kind of really just freaking squashed all of it, and it kind of put them behind the eight ball, and they just – we're never able to really recover from that. It's kind of like um, the Buffalo Bills yesterday, right? Where they where they had you know some uh, big some big misses by receivers, or in the Bills' case, it was drops. Um, yes. Yeah. Just couldn't seem to yeah. uh, get it going. Um, we also saw. Don't know how many of y'all tune into it, but if you're crazy like me, you probably do. We saw South Dakota State win their second consecutive national championship. So they beat was it Montana or Montana State? I forget which one it was. Uh it was Montana. Montana State, I thought pretty cool move by them. They paid, well, they donated money to Montana yes. for yeah. their band to travel to the game. So I thought that was a really classy move on their part. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, South Dakota State um, was the cream of the crop, you know, FCS. Yeah. I, I mean, it's been North Dakota State Bisons for, what, past 10, 12 years. And these past couple of years, it's been South Dakota State. And they've been uh, they've been on a roll, man. They're, they're going to be tough to beat unless somebody can change something there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see um, how Isaiah Davis, their running back, um, does and I think he's in the Shrine Bowl. I think I don't know if it's Shrine Bowl or Senior Bowl. I think it's the Shrine Bowl. Interested to see how he does and if he gets an invite to the combine. Right. A um, few other news and notes. Uh, I figure some of these down here will get a little lengthy, but we, as we left our last episode, we were talking about some seasonal leaders, um, and at the time, your boy was the leader in tackles. Jason. And I think it was what? Do what? I said Jason Henderson. Yeah, Jason then, Henderson. Then he got, then he got hurt. He got hurt. 
So he missed the last yep. two games. And he had a 15, I believe it was a 15 tackle lead on Jay Higgins of Iowa. And we even kind of commented it would take a special game, right? A pretty big game. And that's what he got. He had a 16 tackle, 14 solo performance against Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl loss. And he just squeezed by to win the tackle um, leader award, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, sucks for uh, Henderson, but uh like to see that for Higgins. And I saw a note that he is, Higgins, that is, is going to be one of the top uh, um, linebackers for this season, which kind of fits with what we've been saying about him all, all along this year. So he's returning. So that instantly puts him, should put him at the top of your IDP boards. Yeah, I hadn't, um, seen, I hadn't seen that he was returning. That's that's pretty. That's cool. I figured he'd be off to the yeah. NFL. I did too, and I, I saw it somewhere on Twitter. I'll have to dig that up. But yeah, he's going to return for another season. Um, so, you know, with his tackle numbers, he's he's a guy you want to own. Now we get to the really good news. Um, and what a twenty-four hours, to be honest with you. Um, Nick Saban retired from Alabama. Set off a chain reaction, man. It, it set off a chain, and I don't ever recall even players retiring or, or players being traded or in any sport of any kind that three legends kind of went at the same time, right? So you had Saban, who said he was retiring, Bill Belichick basically got fired from New England and Pete Carroll got fired. And those are three of the winningest coaches of all time, right? And it was just insane. It's almost like he didn't have time to process Saban getting fired, or I mean retiring, before Belichick was gone. And then you're dealing with that, and then here comes Pete Carroll getting gone. So um, back to the Saban because we're a college thing. That – I just did not see it coming. I really – I hadn't heard any rumors or anything. And he retires with a career record of 292, 71-1 with seven national championships, six of those at Alabama, one of those at LSU. And his record at Alabama alone, 201-29 and 29, with a 117-18 and 18 record in the SEC. That's just pure freaking dominance by a head coach. It, um, you know, I almost feel like it caught Alabama by a little bit of a surprise because I don't know that they were really prepared um, for that. You know, based on what we've seen since, you know, the, the repercussions of that of that retirement, um, I got to think it, it caught them by surprise because they didn't really seem to necessarily have, have a great, you know, game plan in place to, to, you know, remedy that situation. Um, it, and it almost did them a disservice that the, um, that they made the playoffs. Right. Because. Yeah. And, and what was weird is reports were, and it's been confirmed. It's not like he was took the day off or what it, he was at work worked all day till like three or four o'clock whenever he made the announcement and walked down the hallway and said, I'm done. 
he was on the phone with recruits and everything just before he retired. So crazy. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the, the timing didn't do them any favors because at that yeah. point, like, you know, a lot of the big names in the portal are already, you know, taken are gone. Um, with him retiring, the portal opens up for those Alabama players for another 30 days. Um, so they're going to, you know, lose guys as, as we're, we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, and there just really isn't the same caliber of player still in the portal for them to get to bring in. So, yeah, the timing of it um, really did a big disservice to, you know, to Alabama itself. Now, the irony of the whole thing is seeing all these Alabama fans cry about NIL and the transfer <laughs> portal. And I'm like, where have you been? Like, you know, like this is like <laughs> just kind of poetic justice in that regard. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I think he caught everybody off going. Other than saving himself and Miss Terry, I don't think anybody had a clue that this was coming or or, or whatever. And it, it's just kind of a an epic mic drop, right? You you do what you do every day for what was it, twenty seven years, and you've got one of the best teams in the country every single year. You get every top recruit, more or less. At, at least they entertain coming to your campus and playing football for you. I mean, you're winning championships, and he just kind of says, I'm done. Bye. Yeah, I mean, I, and, think, uh, I think he was just over, like, the NIL and Portal. He was just, you know, like, it's just – I do, too. It's just it, – Well, he kind of alluded to it significantly a changed. Ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he kind of alluded to it in the past, you know, talking about this is not good for the game, not just good for Alabama. He kind of warned everybody, this is not good for college football. Um, you know, the NIL and, and then now the portal. And and now you can, like, transfer it, as much as you want. Like Pretty much, years, yeah. You got, like, what, every you year. transfer twice in a year now or something? Oh, yeah. I mean, you got, you got kids that haven't even set foot on college campus already in the portal. Right, right. And, uh, and I kind of see his point, right? You've got these kids, they're, they're not looking about their, how do I say it? I want to think they're not looking at what's actually good for their football future, right? Do you, it's in the past, it's, you know, where are the best coaches, who's got the best teams, blah, blah, blah. Now it's who can give me the most money. Yeah. You know, where can I do my social no, not, media? Not, all this. not in all and cases, I, but in a lot of cases, yeah, it's it's about no, not it, all cases, but I think that's changed because you know, in, like I said in the past, it's let's go to Alabama because Saban and his crew they put they win championships, they put players in the NFL to be successful, and it's just kind of not that way now. And I, I'm like you, I think he kind of saw the writing on the wall when this first opened. And people are going to pile on him, right, because he's been so successful. But he was a good ambassador for college football. He was a good ambassador for football, period, right? He was telling you what's coming. Whether you like him or not, he was kind of telling you what was coming. And so far, he's been right. And I think you're right, too. I think he was just kind of fed up with that whole that whole thing. And, you know, he didn't. He doesn't have anything left to prove. You know, he's yeah, I think, the I ultimate think winner. He didn't want to deal with the we attitude. You know, people have gone from a, or I mean, I mean, a me attitude. They've gone from a we to a me. 
you know, what are you going to do for yeah. me versus, you know, looking at the, the, the collective good, so to speak. Plus he's 70, what, 172 years old. Not that, hey, he's in better shape at that age than I am at my age right now. So I'm, I'm not saying anything, but, you know, he's on the back end of his life. So why not retire and enjoy what you've got left? So I can kind of see that. So I, I think the biggest thing, it was just a shock. To everyone, and you said it, it set off a chain reaction and a ripple across the entire sports landscape, right? So, you another thing you kind of mentioned, and we're digging down through here. Um, since his retirement, and I'm talking about saving here, and this number is probably a little higher. I think it's actually up to 30. I've got there's 27 players entered the portal. I think that's now up to 30, including. Superstar Caleb Downs, who has since transferred to Ohio State, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little more later. Um, and they've also taken a huge hit on the recruiting trail as well as a number of recruits have uh, decommitted. So, well, and then, uh, and then as you their quarterback recruit entered the portal, also going to Ohio State, Sand, Julian Sand. Yeah, and he's never stepped a day on campus or played a day on campus. He's automatically changed. So, um, as we all know, this whole um, recruiting thing ended. But once your coach moves or retires or whatever, goes to another school, I did not know this. Once that happens, that school, those players have a new 30-day window to enter the portal. I did not know that. I thought once yeah. the portal was closed, it was closed. Um so I kind of do like that part of the portal. Like if you're getting a new coach, you know, if you went somewhere, if you're Caleb Downs and you went to Alabama thinking you're going to play for Saban all four years or however long you're there, and he up and quits or gets fired, then I think there should be a window to allow you to entertain other options if you choose. So I, I, I do like that. I mean, um, it's great for the player. We, on the school, on the other hand, when it happens this late in the process, it's, it's, it's hard, right? Because like I said, you can't yeah. – you're not finding a player of the caliber of Caleb Downs in the portal anymore to replace him with, you know. So it's, you know, it's great for the players, but not necessarily great for the school from a timing perspective. Right, completely agree. Um, so, I mean, imagine being Alabama. You just lost the greatest coach of all time on a, on a mic drop, more or less. You've got players leaving your team left and right. You've got recruits that are decommitting left and right. This is like the ultimate avalanche for you right now if you're Alabama. And shockingly, I don't know which way to feel about this, but in the midst of all this happening, on the heels of the national championship game, they hired Kalen DeBoer from Washington, who was in had his Huskies in the national championship game. I think he was twenty five and three the last two years. Um, come up a little bit short this year. I mean, I don't know. It seems kind of quick, but I don't know what other options or who was available for you to really go hire and bring in, right? And let's face it. You don't have much time when all that happens. When Saban retires, players decommit, players transfer, you're just trying to put a Band-Aid on a huge gouge 
in hopes of just to slow down the bleeding, not stop it, just to try to slow it down for a minute so you can breathe. So, well, I mean, I, I think, think I like the hire for DeBoer, but I don't. Maybe, maybe you feel different, but I don't know that it was the best hire for Alabama. But then again, I don't know who the other candidates you would look at would be either. I don't know if it was the best for sure, but I think um, a lot of the other candidates, like part of it, I think, was they didn't want to follow in in Saban's footsteps, right? Like you, you, you don't want to, right? Because th- th- those are hard shoes to feel. You, you'd much rather have, you'd much rather come in after another guy's come in and failed, and then you can come back in and and kind of build it back up and not have to, not have to live up to the expectations that were there with Saban, right? Um, I think that was a big well, thing. Even, yeah, and I agree. And I think that's even harder. And I use my Tennessee balls, for example, when uh, the Lady balls, excuse me, when Pat Summit passed away, right? When she passed away, they had a huge, huge void to fill there. And they brought in one of her assistants who was a well-known assistant, Holly Warlick to come in and fill her shoes. And despite all the good things she done, she could never get back to the Pat Summit mystique era uh, tradition, you know, the winning. And they let her go. And now they've got um, Kelly Jolly in there who played under Summit and wore it. And for everything that she's done, she's even finding it hard. And she's the second line behind Summit, you know. So I think I think you're going to see the same thing in Alabama. Um, like you said, it's just nobody wanted to be the man behind the man, right? And I think I even said it on uh, to someone. Do you realize what kind of cojones somebody's going to have to have to say, "Yeah, I'll take that job." The job itself is perfect, right? Alabama. National championship, high recruits, blah blah blah. But you're following the man, the man. Yeah. And that's just, I think the pressure, the pressure on the board is insane. Whether he knows it right now or not, anything other than a college football playoff, and he's going to get roasted. And, and it kind of brings an interesting point that um, now with the multi-transfer transfers allowed in the portal. Are we going to start seeing coaches getting hired? Maybe not necessarily because, you know, or I don't want to, maybe this is the wrong way to say it, but they're going to get hired because of, hey, this guy has a great roster at whatever school he's at. If he comes here, he'll bring some of those players with him, right? I wonder if that doesn't start, that doesn't start factoring in at least a little bit into the decisions right now for DeBoer in his case. All their, all basically all their stars, they're gone, right? You know, Penix, McMillan, Adunze, uh, Polk, uh, Braylon Trice, they're all going to the NFL. So that, so there yeah. wasn't. I mean, he 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 has brought in uh, a few guys from Washington, but it wasn't like he was bringing in like, you know, all these offensive studs with them because, you know, they all went to the NFL. But I, I gotta wonder if you know moving forward if that isn't at least a factor in making these decisions with, with coaches. Yeah. I mean, I think it, that's a, that's a good point actually. And I think it could be that's something that I hadn't really, 
I hadn't really thought of, but maybe that is, right? You're, I, mean, I don't think it would be like the main trying reason. To grab like a coach, that'd, you're kind of looking at who can they bring with them, right? Right. I think, I think, I think it is something yeah. that will be considered. It's not going to be the end all be all. Um, just because that, that's, you know, you wouldn't make a decision like that just based on that alone. But I do, I do feel right, like. But if you had a couple candidates and you couldn't really decide. Right. I if do you feel thought like they were true when they went B, maybe you look at the roster and say, well, you know, if we take Coach B here, he's got a little bit better roster that might follow. So, yeah, I could see that as being um, a factor. Like you said, not an end all be all, but like a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. I like that. I like that thought. I hadn't, I, that's something that, like I said, hadn't entered my mind, but I like that thought. Um, and then we got, there's more coaching news, but the one that kind of stood out to me a little bit um, San Jose State hired Ken Nui Matalalalo, and I know I butchered that, so I don't even care, formerly of Navy, um, to be their new head coach. I think that'll be interesting for uh, the Spartans down there. Um, be, I think that's the kind of coach be- that they need. I want to see what um, he, who he hires as offensive coordinator because he's already said that they're not going to run the triple option. Um, so yeah. it kind of, I'm kind of interested to see who he brings as the um, offensive coordinator there. But, I mean, all that was kind of set off by the by Saban, right? So Saban retires. Yeah. They, they hired DeBoer from yeah. Washington. Washington hires Jed Fish from Arizona. Yep. And then Arizona hires Brennan from San Jose State. Yep. Huge ripple effect. Huge. Um, well, and even at Alabama, Alabama's, Alabama hired um, the South Alabama coach as the defense coordinator, Kane Womack. And then they mm-hmm. hired um, the Buffalo head coach as, I think, a, a, a linebacker's coach. So you know. Th- oh yeah, I saw that. Yes, there's there's quite a quite a few, you know, head coaches got changed up there just because of this one opening. Big ripple effect. And how quick? Yeah, and it happened quickly. Like I said, once he finished his day, he just walked down there and said, "I'm retiring," and boom, the chain reaction was uh, was significant. Um, like I said, there's more coaching changes. Uh, I figure once the dust kind of settles or slows down on those, we we can talk about more of those. Um, We're kind of, well, we're not kind of, we are in draft mode now, right? Draft season, uh, players are declaring. They had up to a certain time, which I think has already passed to declare for the draft. Last week, one day last week. Yeah, so any underclassmen that was entertaining the idea of entering the draft, they had to do so by that date. Um, and there's a lot of big names, you know. There's a lot of seniors and stuff in this class, too. Uh, we'll just kind of run down through here and see what you think uh, or what we think. Um, we've kind of – and I guess I'll just do them by your position groups that we've got them. So we've got four edges that stand out. Dallas Turner of Alabama, Jared Verse of Florida State, Chop Robinson, Penn State, and Braylon Trust of Washington. Um, if I had to rank them, I'd go Verse, Turner, Trust, Robinson. And I think it's Verse, Turner, and everybody else, really. I think those, to me, those two are 
the cream of the crop. I know you've got where, Latu Laiatu. I was going to say, where would you put him? Where would you? I haven't watched him enough to have really have a strong opinion on him. But uh, a lot of places have him as number one. I think I would put him at three. I think he's kind of right there with Robinson and Trice. I think there's a lot of good things to see about him. Right? I think he's more experienced playing. For me, he seems to be more experienced playing out of that outside linebacker part of the edge as opposed to with his hand down at defensive end. Not to say that he can't do that, but I think he, he's just a little more experienced there. Um, I just think Verse and Turner are more battle-tested. I think they're talent-wise, they're head and shoulders above everybody, right? Uh, everybody knows what Verse did coming from Albany where he dominated and then showing up in the ACC with Florida State and doing what he did last year. Yeah, he took a step back this year as far as numbers, but that was to be expected. When you break out on the scene like that and people get a year's worth of tape on you, things are going to be different, right? So I think he still had a pretty good season um, considering the, the adjustments made to him and the adjustments he had to make. Um, I still think he's clearly the best pass rusher in this class. Turner, a little bit different story, right? He was under the in the shadows seemed to be of always of Will Anderson. Uh, and then he left and he got to show what he could do, but still on a team that was super talented. So for me, those two are just head and shoulders above everybody else. But I do think it's Robinson, Trice, Law 2. Um, I think there's those two and then the next tiers, whatever. But I think there's some good players in that next year. And they'll probably get drafted a little higher than they should, I think, because of that. But I mean, I think um, edge, edge, and safety are probably the two deepest spots. I feel like in this draft. Yeah. Um, linebacker, I feel like is super weak, even compared to last year. And last year's class wasn't great either. Oh, yeah. But I think this class is is, is worse. Um, and, and you know, cornerbacks, corner. I don't, you know really have a super strong feeling. I think it's a little weaker than last year, at least at the top. Um, yeah. But I do, I do think the edge class is, is, is one of the deeper, you know, from a defensive standpoint, one of the deeper classes in the draft. Um, I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't watched a lot too enough to have an opinion on him. I really like verse. Um, Turner's okay. Uh, Robinson is all about potential with him, you know, I think um, if he if he can develop, he can be a monster. But you know, he could also not develop and not turn into anything. Uh, Braylon Trice is probably, in my opinion, a better version of Isaiah Foskey. Of Isaiah Foskey, um, Trice, I think his best his best um, quality is his motor. Right? He, he you know he just yeah. he's he's constantly you know. He doesn't. He doesn't give up. Um, but from a pure talent standpoint, I wouldn't say he's he's one of the better edges. But you know, all those things combined, yeah, he's probably top five, top six guy. Um, I just think, you know, if he gets drafted in the first round, I think people could have unrealistic expectations of him. Um, kind of like Tyree Wilson, right? Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I like I like Trice. I mean, I don't think he's elite by any means, but and I think that's why he gets bumped down to that 
to that next group, right? So played for Washington, um, had a good career for them. They've got him listed as 6'4", 274, so he's a little bit bigger, which means – well, it doesn't mean that, but Tenda leans towards maybe him playing a little more up on the line and in the dirt. Um, maybe on some mismatches he can kick inside because of his size. Um, um, yeah, I, th- I think he's in that second tier for sure. Um, defensive tackles. You've got Mazon, Mason Smith, LSU, Jerzon Newton for Illinois, and his name is escaping me. His Keith Randolph. Keith Randolph, uh, also from Illinois. Those two, I think, are the cream of the crop. Newton and, and Randolph. I would put them above Smith. Um, I even made a post the other day on Twitter. But if you're playing IDP leagues, I think Jerzon Newton is going to be the guy you want. If you're playing position specific, right, where you have to start defensive tackles, um, he's going to be somebody that I would target. Not super early, right? But, you know, if you're in a seventh round or later of your rookie draft and you've got a dart throw, and I hate to say dart throw, but I would take the shot on Newton because right? I think the value in those position specific leagues, especially if you got premiums, right? like tackle premiums and stuff like that. He's, he's going to be a big play. Plus, he can get you some pass rush from the inside. So, I like him. Randolph is like a kind of a knockoff of Newton. So, I'd kind of bump him down closer to where Smith is. But, yeah, I like all three. And, and Smith is a big dude. <laughs> he's a big man. Yeah. He, he's another guy that's like – it's just potential with him, right? Like, you know, he's had injuries and yeah. other things. But I don't think he is – he hasn't shown his full potential yet. Right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, safety position. These are interesting. Um, so you got Javon Bullard, Georgia. You've got Kalen Bullock, USC. You've got Jaden Hicks, Washington State. Cameron Kitchens for Miami, Florida. And you've got everybody's favorite player in the world. Sion Vaki from Utah. Yeah, I um, I don't know, um, I don't know what his plan. Him entering the draft kind of surprises me. Um, me too. I, I don't, I don't know if he, I don't know if the NFL sees him as a running back or a safety. My guess is safety, but you know, talking to uh, to Brock a little bit yesterday about him, he was saying some people thought like he has some potential at running back. So, um. I don't. I don't really know how the NFL sees him. I, I was kind of shocked. Well, here's going to be the kicker. Didn't come back. Here, here's going to be the kicker. I think just listening to you talk there, real quick. And you're right. Him declaring for the draft was a shocker because I didn't see that coming either. But here's the kicker. I think teams are going to draft him as a safety. They're going to work him out as a safety. They're going to do everything defensive related for him to be a safety, right? They're going to keep in the back of their mind that this kid can run the ball. That's almost getting like an extra draft pick for somebody that can run the ball. Okay, we'll draft him as a safety, but we've really got us a running back. I can see that happening in the NFL. Plus, it saves your roster spot, right? If that's what you truly believe, you don't have to draft a running back 
and a safety. You can draft him as a safety, let him develop as a running back and a safety, however you want to do it. So I, I could see, I could see some people in the NFL getting a two for one, right? So um, I was kind of shocked that he declared. I, I thought he would play another year and see is he truly the running back or is he truly a safety? And maybe Utah didn't want to do that. Maybe, maybe they felt like they had players on their roster that, especially maybe at running back that they wanted to bring in, and he wasn't ready to give that up. But. Yeah, just and interesting, but you know, it, it's to me, it's a deep safety class. Um, I like all these guys. I, I like, you know, Kitchens, Bullock, uh, Jaden Hicks at Washington State, who had, had an outstanding year. Um, yeah, I mean. Safety and edge are probably, to me, the two deepest from a defensive perspective positions in this draft. Now, having said that, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that at least edge, I mean, I don't know that, like, there's tr- some truly elite edges. Um, I think verse, verse is probably the top one that comes to mind for me. Um, I think Chop Robinson could possibly get there. Um, but you know, from a upper tier standpoint, I don't know that the edge, you know, has, has a lot of elite options, but I do think from a general quality standpoint, there's depth. Right. So before you continue with your safeties here, I want to, we're talking about Liatu Latu, right? And I posted something on Patreon. <clears throat> something I've been working on is IDP draft grades. So, I try to get all the players that's in the draft and are undrafted. They don't have to be drafted, just rookies, right? So I try to get all the rookie IDPs and put them into a spreadsheet and kind of do some things that just my weirdness that I look at. So I ask if there was any interest, I might put that up. So looking at, and like I said, there's a lot of work to be done on this year's class. There's a lot of work to be done on the sheets, period. But if you're looking at a player like Liate Latte from UCLA, right? Started out at Washington, went to UCLA. So I've kind of got it broke down both, right? At Washington, he was just a, he's just a jag, right? He was just another guy. Uh, didn't score. His blue chip, blue chip rating's not very high. Um, some of his other numbers were below average. Um, but he did have an impact score that was pretty high. So that brought his... Washington year up, but still that wasn't huge, right? If you jump to UCLA and when and when I post this and y'all are looking at the sheet, this will <laughs> make a little more sense to you. But if you look at what he did at UCLA, right, there's a category called big play score. And it's completely off the charts. It's one of the highest I've seen in the last four or five years that I've been setting this up. So I think it's there. The opportunities are for him are there to be an impact player. Um, but that doesn't always translate, right? Um, I think if you – when I get this posted and finished up and posted, we're not finished, but when I get it up and posted, if you go back and look at last year, Ivan Pace was the player, right? He was the player on this whole draft thing last year that just shot to the moon. I mean, he had a 21.537 blue chip rating, which wasn't even close by anybody else. Um, his numbers just were off the board, and you kind of see that 
you see glimpses of that this year, right, with some of his big games that he's had. But he's just been so freaking inconsistent. And I think when you look at this sheet, you got to keep that in mind, right? This is not a be-all, end-all. This is just kind of where the grades fail. So, you know, I think Latu could be that kind of player. He's going to have some big games, but I think he's going to have a lot of stinkers too. So, um, and I don't think he's one of the better elite prospects, like you said. I think he's a really good prospect, but I don't think he's elite. But anyway, sorry, uh, go back to your safety. So you, you talked about Diaki. You got Kitchens, Hicks, Bullock, and Bullock. Yeah, I mean, I think I think safety is probably the deepest position in the draft of all of them. Um, you know, Kitchens, yeah. Hicks, Bullock, Bullard, I really like those guys. Uh, Vaki, like you said, it'd be interesting to see kind of what the NFL thinks of him and and what position that they think he can play in the NFL. Um, like I said, there, there's been some some folks that think maybe he can play running back in the NFL. So. I'm very interested to see the combine kind of who does he test with? Does he test with the running backs or does he test with right. the safeties? I think that'd be right. a good indication of what the NFL might think about him. Um, linebackers. So you've got junior Colson, Michigan, Adrian James, Texas A&M, Jeremiah Trotter of Clemson. Um, Adrian Cooper. I think we all kind of Adrian Cooper. What did I say? Adrian, Adrian James? James. They're running back. Oh, sorry. Adrian. <laughs> my bad. Adrian Cooper. <laughs> oh, you can tell where my brain lives back in the past. Um, I think that's three of the better ones, right? Um, as far as linebacker, my dog, I'm going to um, I think you've also got Peyton Wilson in this class. Uh, you've got an Aaron Beasley that will be in this class. But I'm like you. I don't think linebacker overall is a very good class like we've seen in past, right? So I mean, last year's class I don't think was was great. I don't know that this year's class is this year's class might be worse. Like to me, there's yeah, there's overall these there's no one who get drafted in the first round like Jack Campbell did. (laughs) That just ain't gonna happen. I wouldn't think so, but I will say Jeremiah Trotter might be one just because of the name. You might see him go late, late first, but that's not where I'd have him graded. I would kind of have him in that mid, mid to late second round. I think I'd be okay with that. Um, and some of these others, you know, like Peyton Wilson, I think he's a screamer downhill tackler, right? Um, plays behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, but doesn't offer a lot as far as pass rush and is okay in coverage. Trotter is a little bit more. Yeah, well, I think he he doesn't offer a lot as far as pass rush either, right? So none of these guys that I've looked at so far are big pass rush guys. Not to say they can't blitz and get sacks, but that's not where they're making their money. Um, right. I guess if I had to look at one. I think Peyton Wilson or Adrian Adrian Cooper <laughs> would be my top two right now. I've not looked at everybody as far as their grades and all that, but I think those would be my top two. Colson kind of had a year, disappeared, and then come back, right? So need to see more from him, consistency, B 
Beasley, while I love him being a Tennessee ball and he did great things for Tennessee, he's just not an elite guy, right? He's a LB2, LB3 type guy. And if you can get him on your team as that type of a player, in the NFL, I think he's going to put up big things. But if you're asking him to truly be a lead number one linebacker, I don't I don't think that's his um, MO. I think he's not suited for that. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. This class and last year's – last year's wasn't great, but I, this one's not much better. You might have a couple bigger names, but overall it's just not very, very deep from top to bottom. Um, and then we've got some corners here, which I know is your favorite. Um, <laughs> so you got Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, Kool-Aid McKinnistry of Alabama, Kalen King from Penn State, and Cooper Dijon from Iowa. That kid's going to get drafted early. He's going he's gonna to go in the top 20, I think, Cooper do Dijon. You, do, um, do you think the NFL sees him as a cornerback or a safety? That's a, that's a good question. Uh, I think they're going to – I think they will look at him as a corner, but I think he eventually makes the move to safety. He's just – I don't know if it will be a true safety spot, but maybe like a nickel, right, where he can cover the tight end, he can cover receivers, running back, because he's really versatile. I mean, he can do a lot of things. Safety that covers the slot. Slot safety. I, that's kind of what I'm thinking, yeah. So, um, just because that's where he's played, and I think teams are going to bring him in as, but I think he eventually makes that hybrid, you know, transition to corner slash safety or safety playing the slot, like you said, playing the slot. So, but he's super talented. I think he's by far the best corner. In this class, easily. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's going to get drafted early. I don't know that he's going to be a pure corner, though. And I don't know that. I mean, to me, I don't know that there's a uh, a Devin Witherspoon in this class. Um, I know people like Kool Aid McKinstry, but I don't know that he's as good as a Christian Gonzalez or a or a uh, Devin Witherspoon. Yeah, McKinstry, see if you agree with me. He's more – he's a different player from Dijon, right? He's a different player from uh, Christian Gonzalez. He's a turn-and-burn guy, right? Real long, real fast, can stick with speed receivers downfield, has the height, the length to kind of cover the bigger guys. Um, he's not somebody you're going to ask to blitz off the corner, uh, you know, cover in the slot, those, those kind of things. I just don't – think that's his yeah. game. Um, I, I, I would put him more in there with uh, uh, Kalen King and Denzel Burke. I think they're a similar type player. Now, if you're talking about that type of a player, I think the chemistry is the cream of the crop there, but I think Dijon is overall just a better, and maybe that's why they move him to safety. Uh, maybe he gets that push to safety because he can do everything. Yeah, I agree. Um, be combine, it'll be okay. it'll be an interesting combine to kind of kind of you know see who rises up because it happens every year. Definitely. 
Well, now you know. Now that the board, or not the board, now that the draft declaration has passed, now we know who's going into the draft. Um, now this is bowl season or all star game season, right? You got the Senior Bowl, you got the East West Shrine Bowl, um, you got the NFL PA Players Bowl. And you've got four or five different bowls that'll be happening over the course of the next month or so. Um, and these teams and coaches are going to have everybody in the room down there checking these players out, seeing what they can do, you know, getting feedback. And then comes the combine. And I think that's where a lot of these teams, they'll already have a list. They probably already got a list now. But through these all-star games and bowls, they'll put together a real good list. Okay, we like this guy. He's going to the combine, yes or no. If he's going to the combine, we really want to see how he tests. If he's not, then we'll bring him in and give him, you know, the pro day or whatever. So I think there's two different avenues, but I think they're going to focus on that combine. They'll have a short list for the combine to, to try to see maybe who they think their elite players are, or maybe the combine will help them determine sort of the pecking order, right? Their tier, you know, what do we, we need, um, we need a linebacker. What does it look like here? Okay. It's, if you're listening to us, we don't think it's a very good class, but you've got a player like Peyton Wilson out there. Does he fit what we need? If not, then you've got um, Jeremiah Trotter out there. Does he fit what we need? Is it Adrian Cooper? So then again, maybe they're looking at defensive end. Maybe they need help at edge, you know, uh, which we think this is a pretty good class. So maybe they've got five or six that they like and they need to, to try to decide, maybe the combine will help them do that. I mean, that's just kind of how I look at it, because um, there's a lot of time between now and and um, the actual draft, and then there's a lot of time between now and the start of next season. So, be I'm with you. I think the draft is very interesting, but I think these All Star games and bowl games are very interesting as well because they get a whole week of practice with yeah. them. Yeah. So they get to kind of coach them up and do some things with them. Um, kind of does it with our draft declarations. I know there's many more, and maybe we'll talk about another group next week. Um, kind of going back to, excuse me, the portal. On three listed their top ten transfer portals and where they're at. So players that entered and landed with a new team. Now, some of these are offense. Um, so I'm going to start in reverse order on this. I'm going to start at number 10 and go up. Um, number 10 is Trey Turner. I mean, Trey Turner. Trey Moore, um, who played for UTSA. I got a good look at him with the balls. If you follow IDP David, you've heard me and Justice and, and Chop talk about him. But he left UTSA, stayed in state and went to Texas, which I think is huge for them because um, he's more of a true pass rusher than an actual linebacker. So I think that's something they needed. And with them having um, some guys leaving, I think they definitely needed that. But I like the landing spot for him. Yeah, I mean, I'd just be kind of interested to see with the, with the step up in competition um, how he looks, right? Um, you know, when he when he go, going from 
the Sun Belt or, or you know, UTSA is not the Sun Belt. They're uh, American going from the American to the yep. um, to the SEC. Just I, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think, again, people, you know, for every Jared Verse, there's probably five guys that don't pan out, right, that, that step up in competition and just sure. just don't have it. So I, I don't really know that – I don't know. We're, we're, I, I, if I had to lean, I'm going to lean that he's not going to be the stud that they think he's going to be, but he could prove us wrong. Interesting. I like it. I think he'll do well there. Um, I know they're losing a lot, right? They're losing Jalen Ford. That's one that we probably should have on our linebacker list. I think he'll he'll be all right. But they're losing some players. Um, but I think he can come in and help keep that pass rush um, intact because he, he's a pretty good pass rusher. Well, and, and they needed that help, right? I mean, you saw in the game against Washington, yeah. most of their pressure came from their two interior guys. They weren't getting a lot of outside yeah. ed, edge rush. It was mostly the, the two interior guys with uh, Sweat and Murphy. Yep, which is two more guys we should put on our list, too, because those are pretty good. Um, yeah, Texas is definitely going to look different, and I, and I agree with you. You know, they got their pressure from the inside more as an outside guy, so that should upgrade that spot potentially. Um, number nine is wide receiver Isaiah Bond from Alabama, and he transferred also to Texas. So Texas is loading up. Real quick, Isaiah Bond, uh, 48 catches, 668 yards, four touchdowns this year. Um, I don't feel that he was – and you watch offense way more than me, so feel free to tell me I'm dumb or wrong here. I didn't feel like he was a consistent option, but I felt like he was a moment option. Like well, when the big moment was there, he, he was one that they looked at a little bit. I think I think the issue with him it was the quarterback play at Alabama, right? I mean, it, they weren't throwing the ball as much as, as they had in the past. I think that's that's kind of – I think he's a talented kid. Um, Texas has now also landed Matthew Golden, wide receiver, out of the portal. They have Jonte Cook. They got Silas Bolden out of the portal. Um, they got Amari Nyblack out of the portal. So um, from a fantasy perspective – I'm not really sure what to do with any of these Texas guys because, you know, they've got four or five legit options and they're probably all going to, the thinking is they're all kind of cannibalize each other from a production standpoint. But um, yeah, I mean, Texas is loading up going into the SEC. Good for them. Plus yours returns. And they're going to need it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yours returns. Um, Number eight is wide receiver C.J. Daniels, who tra- uh, is transferring – I can't see that. From Liberty. Louisiana, is that Louisiana? Liberty. Liberty, Liberty. sorry. From Liberty. So, uh, thoughts on C.J. Daniels. Yeah, that's a big get for them, especially with yeah, them losing mean, neighbors and – And Thomas. But I think I yeah. think I think eight's a little high for him. I think I'd rather have Isaiah Bond than CJ Daniels. Again, it's a huge step up in competition. Um, yeah, you know, Liberty played 
Liberty played the worst schedule in all of FBS football. So um, going and from that's why know, his numbers look. Conference oh, that's State. why his numbers are so good, but definitely helped, right? 55 catches, 1,067 yards, 10 touchdowns. That yeah. looks good. But like you said, the step up in competition, that's going to be – it'll be rough. Yeah, that that, that 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 strikes me as a – that ranking is a little high, in my opinion, for C.J. Daniels. But I like it, though, 6'2", 200. You know, if you go by what's listed on ESPN, seems to have talent. Um, so that's a good get for LSU, I think, especially considering what they're losing. Yeah. Um, here's one I, I know we're defense and we're getting to that, but I'm just going off this list. Here's one I like to hear: quarterback Riley Leonard transfers from Duke to Notre Dame. My initial reaction is good for Notre Dame. I think this is a better move than them getting Sam Hartman last year. I think this is a much better move than that. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I think Leonard will fit in well there. Um, and you know, I think he's a he's a he's a good college quarterback. Uh, he's mobile. Um, he's not terrible at passing. Um, so yeah, I, I think I do. I think it, it was a better get than Sam Hartman. I agree. And I think he'll fit in nicely at Notre Dame. Awesome. Now, what y'all been waiting for? We get our first defensive player. Uh, there wasn't many second on this defense, list. Second defensive I just player. found it interesting. Oh yeah, second defensive player. Sorry. I just thought it was kind of interesting to see where some of these defensive players are kind of getting ranked or grouped with offense, right? Because I get a lot of questions about how to rank a player or compare a player defense offense. So this, this like I said, this is not the be all end all, but I think it gives you a little insight. So number six is Edge, Princely, Yuma Leland from Florida, and he travels to Ole Miss, which – I guess is okay move. Um, seems like Ole Miss is trying to pull a Texas and load up in the portal, right? Yeah, I think um, Ole Miss is. I think Ole Miss is. I think they see an opportunity to kind of take a run here, right? You know, this next year, and um, and and, yeah. and, they're, and they're trying to seize that opportunity. And and Princely's not bad. Um, he spent four years in Florida, right? Um, six five. 255 is what the website has him listed as. Um, has shown some pretty good improvement all four years, right? His uh, tackle numbers have went up. His solo numbers have went up. His TFLs, his sacks. Uh, so all those numbers have went up each and every year. So, you know, 24 and a half uh, TFLs, 15 sacks in his four years. Um, I don't really – I mean, he's 6'5", 255, so he's an edge guy, right? Uh, but I think Florida at times kind of kicked him inside to try to play the matchup game. And I don't think that always worked. I think he's strictly an edge guy. And I and I think he's an edge guy that you have to have – I think you have to have a player that he can compliment. Not compliment him, but he can compliment. Right? Yeah, I don't yeah, think he's, he's not, a true he's lead not edge. Number one guy. Yeah. Now, for example, if it had been him and Trey Moore together, I would be all right with that. I think they're neither is really a true one, but I think Moore would be more the true speed rush guy. Why 
Princely would be your more power guy, but yeah, um, I, I think he has potential, but I don't know if he's ever he's ever realized his potential yet. Right, and may, maybe that happens this year, so we'll see. Number five, quarterback Dylan Gabriel transfers from Oklahoma to Oregon. So Dan Lanning uh, hit a hit a home run grand slam with Bo Nix, even though it didn't quite end out like he wanted it to. Right, but I would say a, for the most part that was a success with Bo Nix, and Absolutely. I think uh, Dylan Gabriel is going to be that same thing. Yeah, I, I, I would argue that number four and five on this list, from a pure, pure impactful impact standpoint, probably are number one and two. Um, yeah, and your number four that you're talking about is wide receiver Evan Stewart, who went from A&M to Oregon. So they get they get a stack combo, right? They get the quarterback, they get a receiver. Um, I think from an impact standpoint, yeah, those guys I, are probably one, two. Yeah, because you're – Stewart is at your most impactful position, or Gabriel, I mean, is. And then Stewart, with his talent, is one of the two or three best positions, right? I mean. Yeah. But, yeah, great yeah. get for Oregon, Oregon reloading, right? Um, and and going to be ready to make yeah. another run next Especially year. Especially when they're heading to the Big Ten. Yep. Are, are you, and I know I'm straying from our IDP stuff, people are going to kill me. Are you buying in on this stack? Is this a stack that oh, yeah. if the price Absolutely. is right, you would try to get? Well, you're not going to get both these guys. They're both – and from a college fantasy standpoint, they're both likely going to go in the first round would be my guess. I mean, Stewart – you can make a case that Stewart's wide receiver one for fantasy. Um, and I'd say you'd be, you'd be hard-pressed to have him any worse than three. Um, and then Gabriel's probably QB three as well. Um, so I, I expect them both to go in the first round. I don't know that you, you'd ever be able to get them both in the same draft. Right. Well, I was thinking more along the lines that you already have one of them. Like maybe you already have Stewart on your roster. You, or would you look at trying to get Gabriel? I imagine it would be easier the other way around, right? If you had Gabriel trying to get Stewart, I think it would potentially cost you less. I mean, it really, well, I think, lot, I think, I think it depends on the league. If it's a campus Canton league, um, you're gonna you're gonna be able to get Gabriel cheaper just because he doesn't really have much NFL potential. Um, if it's a campus Canton league, Gabriel's probably the cheaper option to, to acquire than Stewart. Um, CFF, it, yeah, it's probably yeah, they're they're probably close. Okay. Okay. Um, now we're getting somewhere into the top three here. And the player you've heard us talk about a lot, defensive lineman Walter Nolan, transferred from Texas A&M to Ole Miss. Again, there's Ole Miss, right? And the key on that, they took Tyler Byron from Tennessee, who did the old flipperoo and went to Louisville. And Louisville's another team that's hitting the portal hard, too, by the way. Um, but Walter Nolan high recruit, right, Corey Foreman type recruitment, right, number one, number two, most services, um, recruiting services, goes to A&M, didn't quite get off to the start that everybody had hoped, and I'm including him, right, but if you remember, at the time he went to Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher had that thing rolling, right, as far as recruiting goes, 
back to back to back top recruiting classes. And we talked about it at length on the show. Right? At some point, these guys, excuse me, at some point, these guys are going to get tired of waiting and transfer out or whatever. And then we had the whole portal thing and all that, blah, blah, blah. So Nolan last year had one heck of a season for the Aggies. He was one of their best defensive players and he was doing it from the interior. So um, I know there's been some social media stuff by him out there. And I didn't really consider that or, or counting that the whole NIL thing where he's, there's some issues there if you've been reading. Um, take that part away from it. I'm kind of surprised he left Texas A&M because I thought he was in perfect position to dominate again this year. Right? He's got two years left, but he was in perfect position as a starter to be a dominant starter again, right? So, well, and then with it, some it, of the guys leaving in the portal, it was a chance to get another payday. Well, true. And I thought once Jimbo left, I was like, eh, we'll see. And we started to see the players kind of exile out of Texas A&M. Um, I think, though, now that I've thought about it, you know, the whole NIL thing where he had issues with and said, hey, the contract, you know, that whole mess, I think that's what really led him to leave. Um, but I haven't, I haven't, have you seen anything that, con- concrete about like some of the accusations that they're throwing around? Um, I haven't seen anything concrete. I, I have not. I've just seen some Twitter blurbs and some newsfeed blurbs, you know, and some tweets that he said, hey, you need to look at your contracts or whatever. Right, but there weren't really like, any and- details or anything. No, I've not not that I've been able to see. Um, I've not really dug into it, but from what I have seen, there's I've not seen anything. And uh, what's weird is I've not seen anybody from Texas A and M come out and say this is not true. Right. Um, you know, I've not seen anything of that type either. So I don't know. I really don't know. But for IDP purposes, Walter Nolan going to Ole Miss that's huge. They get a huge piece on their defensive line. And, you know, if they're getting Princely to, to be up there as well on the edge, they've got some younger guys. Ole Miss is going to be tough to beat this year if, if everything can gel together uh, with what they've got with Lane Kiffin and Jackson Dart at quarterback. Um, be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, number two, Julian Swain – or Swain, Julian Sayan, quarterback. You mentioned him earlier. High recruit for Alabama, the five-star. Never played it down for Alabama, re-entered the portal, and he's already in Ohio State. Um, which you'll see some more of that here in a minute. I did catch a thing. I wish I'd have posted it. That Ohio State has spent $13 million in NIL money to try to win, uh, try to roster a national championship team for this season. Oh, yeah. So I, mean, um, I guess the total of their NIL deals – are up there. Yeah, they got Quinshawn Judkins too, right? He's not even on our list. Uh, probably the top running back that's yeah. on the portal. So, uh, and Travion Henderson's return to school. Omeka um, Buka's return to school. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I got to imagine though. Yep. Um, I would guess like two quarterbacks are going to be entering the portal in the spring from Ohio State. They just, that's a crowded room now, really crowded. 
You know, they, they already had a, another yep. top recruit, Aaron Nolan. Um, they brought in Will Howard in the transfer portal. Devin Brown was still there. Uh, Lincoln Kleinholz was still there. So I got to imagine in the springtime, probably at least two of those guys are going to be hitting that portal. Yep, I would agree on that. Um, and then the big one. We've kind of hinted at it all show. Five-star safety. Caleb Downs transfers from Alabama to Ohio State. Absolute slam dunk, grand slam, whatever you want to call it. Ohio State wins with this. I mean, whatever school was going to land Downs was going to be the winner here because um, this dude's just elite. Um, I, I thought he'd go to me this screen. Ohio State offered up more money, I guess. Well, you know, if the report of 13 million is true, it seems like that might be part of it. But just saying. Um, but this is, to me, this is a direct result of saving retirement. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Because that's, that's the whole reason he went to Alabama is for saving to coach him up and be the next great superstar and blah, blah, blah. And everything was trending that way, right? I mean, Saban had him. As for as good as this kid was in high school, he was off the charts this year as a true freshman for Alabama. So I was curious to where he might land. Um, and it was kind of quick, right? When he there was some rumors that he was going to hit the portal, and then his father said, Hey, he's going to get this. He is entering the portal and he's going to make a decision soon. He didn't want to wait around, um, he didn't want to drag anything out. Is what it appears, and maybe you know if Saban's not going to coach me, I'm leaving. Rest of the NCAA, who's going to pay? And I think that's kind of what happened. Um, but I do think this is a direct result of Saban uh, calling it quits because you you just don't leave players like that just don't leave schools and coaches like that for no reason. So um, my initial thought is. Awesome for Ohio State. It sucks if you're Alabama because you're losing one hell of a player. Yeah. Great for Ohio State. And I do not, I repeat, I do not think this is going to impact Caleb Downs' IDP, Davey value at all. He's No, he's I mean, if anything, um, if anything, maybe it increases it, right? Because uh, they lose Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. They lose their top two linebackers. So, um, if anything, I could see. They're losing Denzel Bark. I could see his, I could see. Downs' tackle numbers going up even higher. And then they were already pretty good for safety. Yeah. And and then when you consider the pass rushers they got, both of Ohio State's pass rushers, Tua Malalu and uh, oh, Jack yeah. Sawyer, both of them are returning. So, yeah, I'm with you. If anything, I think Downs' value goes up. And knock on wood, thank God that I've got him in a couple leagues because, man, he is he is something special. Um, I guess he's my main crush of IDP Debbie because this kid can do it all. And I, I'm like, you. I think his value goes up and uh, enjoy the next. If you've got him in IDP Debbie, campus to Cantons, enjoy the next two years because when he turns a junior, he's out of there. He's going to the NFL. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Top, top draft pick in, in that draft class for sure. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of does it for the 
top transfer portal. I know we'll talk a lot more about that, even though the portal's closed. Um, because, like I said earlier, I did not realize that if a coach retires, quits, you know, goes to another school, I didn't realize that that window for that school opened for players, which I think is good. Um, good for the players, maybe bad for the schools or whatever, but I do like that. So that, I expect some more of that stuff. There'll be some more recruiting stuff. I know, again, we're IDP, but Tennessee landed five-star quarterback George McIntyre out of the 2025 class. So speaking about loaded um, quarterback rooms, you've got Nico for this year. You've got Merkling for next year, and now you've got McIntyre. So Josh Hopple and Tennessee is doing a lot of big things. Um, have you heard anything about Jason Henderson? I know we've talked about him getting hurt in that last so, game. I mean, I could tell you what I think. I think um... – I mean, nothing official has come out from Old Dominion, but I, I believe he tore his um, ACL and maybe his MCL. Um, and, you know, I think the – the I mean, he still has a redshirt season left. Now, whether – so I almost wonder, like – I mean, it's hard to say in this day and age what's going to happen, but I feel like if he's not going to be ready – the first couple of weeks of the year, why not you just let him sit out and just play the last four games, right? Because then he's because he still has a red shirt available. Then that, then that could be this could be his red shirt year, and then it gives him a full year to re, you know uh, almost a full year to recover uh, from whatever the injury actually was, and then, and then you come back for a senior year. Um, but knowing knowing Jason Henderson um, and how he plays, I, I, I fully expect that. You know, his goal is to be ready there for game one. But, um, yeah, I said there's there's not been any official word uh, from Old Dominion or from Jason on, on what the injury was, but I, I feel pretty confident that, that at the very least it was a torn ACL. Hmm. Uh, does he have a COVID year left as well, or has he? No, no, but he has his redshirt year because he played as a true freshman, so. Okay. So he, if he, like I said, if he wanted to, he could, okay. if he only played four games of this next season, that would count as a redshirt year and he could come back for another year. He'll be eligible. Which, you know, to me, right. given the injury, doesn't sound like a super bad idea, but in this day and age, you know, and, and, and you know, he's a, he's, he's a workhorse. So I have no doubt that he's going to do everything in his ability to be ready for week one. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, any other players, teams, coaches, situations? I know Tennessee, like Tennessee's, you know, the transfer portal opened and we lost like eight or eight corners. Now, some of them off to the NFL, they're out of eligibility. But we lost basically everybody with starting experience in our secondary. So we've got a lot of young guys. We've got some guys that transferred in from the portal. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Tennessee's going to look completely different on defense with some of these players gone. So, um, yeah, Old, Old Dominion's the same way. They lost. Like uh, they the lost point. their other starting linebacker, uh, Wayne Matthews. It's gone to Michigan State. They lost their star corner, Lamarian James, gone to TCU. Um, they lost two safe. They lost three safeties. Um, two of which went to Indiana, um, and then another went to I believe West Virginia. So yeah, Old Dominion's defense is going to look very different 
uh, this coming year. Awesome. Awesome. Um, we field our opening in Davey T ground, right? No, we still have an opening in the league. We have at least one. We don't know if we have more, but we know we have at least one opening. In our, in our, uh, okay. So if you're interested Canton, in the Canton, Canton league, yep. Um, it's, we do have a $20 buy-in to make it interesting. Justice keeps that split up and, and does all the payouts, does a great job with that. But it's Campus to Canton with IDP. It is a listener league, $20 buy-in. If you're interested, hit us up. We know that we have one opening, um, and it wasn't nothing wrong with the, re- with the league. He just wasn't a big IDP fan and had to cut back, so that's why he chose to leave. Um, we'll check on the others, but if you're interested, hit me up or hit uh, at Hollywood Titan or hit Justice up at Justice underscore 2318. Um, and we can get you set up with the league. Um, yeah, we know we know Brock has some openings in his I campus to Canton League as well. Um, so yeah, if you if you're interested yeah, in getting into a we may campus have, Canton uh, IDP league, let us know. Yeah, and we may have we're not sure yet, but this was something me and you were talking about earlier. We may have an opening in an IDP only league. Well, we we may have two. Um, we know we have at least one. Yeah, we may have two. Um, and this is strictly IDP, no offense, no Devi, no nothing like that. The kicker is we draft before the NFL draft. So you kind of got to do your homework, know your players a little bit. Um, I think it's $16 buy-in. I don't remember what the buy-in, but it's, it's something mm-hmm. like that. Um, somewhere between 40 and 60, yeah, I think. But it's uh, a fun league. It's a deep league. It's deep. It's NFL. It's NFL only league. It's a very deep league. Like uh, I think our rosters are fifty, and it's only IDP. So your roster and fifty IDP. Yeah. Plus you have like a taxi squad of twenty. So there really isn't anybody available on waivers. Yep. Um, and like you said, we draft before the NFL draft. So, and it's it's position specific scoring. So you know defensive tackles are scored differently. Yes. From from edges and linebackers are scored. Every position has is, has different scoring, so it's definitely it's definitely a challenging league for sure. Yep, and there's a lot of big names. Well, big names in it, right? Me, Choppy, Justice. You've got Trip. Um, if you know him, uh, wow. you've got Doc uh, from over at um, Kyle. Yeah, so there's a lot of good. Uh, fancy managers or owners in this league. So if you're interested in that, let us know. Um, as far as IDP Nation, I think both of those are still full. But if something comes up, I'll let you guys know. But definitely for the Davey IDP Grind Listener League, Campus to Canton League, if you want in, hit me or Justice up. We can get you set up. Um, with that, I think that's a wrap. We'll be back next Monday. Um, probably doing some more uh, draft stuff. Probably doing some more transfer stuff, um, doing a lot of that stuff. So uh, stay tuned for that. I'm probably going to put my IDP rookie grades up on Patreon. If you're not a part of the Patreon, go check that out. You can sign up for free. There's a lot of free stuff there, but there's also three pay tiers. And depending on what you're looking for, there's good stuff, right? So there's IDP daily ranks, which I do. I'm already starting on this year's. I do a top 300. Um, check that out. There's articles, there's rankings. I do high school stuff. So go check that out. 
uh, maybe we can get justice to write something too. He's being stubborn on me, but, <laughs> but he has enough on his plate with all the tools and behind the scenes stuff. He does a great job at. So thank you for that. But yeah, go check out the Patreon. Um, follow us at Davy IDP Grind on Twitter. Me at Hollywood Titan. You can find him at Justice underscore two three one eight. And go follow G Five Hive that he does um, later tonight. You want to? Yeah, ten, a shout out ten, to? ten fifteen tonight. Um, it's college fantasy football focused only on the uh, the group of five schools. So yeah, ten fifteen Monday nights. Awesome. Yeah, there it is at G Five Hive. Really good show. Tune in like I do and and berate. Justice, give him a hard time. He likes it. But uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. Um, please subscribe, rate, and review where you listen to podcasts. Um, Stitcher, Google, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever. Go check that out. Please YouTube. go give us a thumbs up and a subscribe on YouTube. That's starting to grow. We've got the Discord going now a little bit. It's starting to grow. If you're interested in a, a chat room, uh, anything and everything, it's not just football. We've got wrestling and boxing and all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, let us know. We'll get you that link to that, too. And we will be back next week.